1: This is the Civilized
2: Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking. Happy Friday morning. It is Friday morning, 1226, going on 1230, about an hour or so ago. New Browns, um, Dearness Johnson put it away. Star of the show, right? Good showing, needed showing for the Browns. Um... The Browns were ill. The Broncos brought gifts. They brought vitamin C and chicken soup and all sorts of shit. Um, the Browns needed this one, though. It, eventually, it wasn't a giveaway, right, Jason? The, the O-line showed up. The coach with the game plan from last year showed up. The third string running back, the backup quarterback, all delivered. And I know the Broncos made it interesting, but um, it was rarely in doubt. It was pretty thorough. It was pretty clean, right? And um, the Broncos are bad. We'll see what happens with the Browns, but uh, feel good and important victory here tonight.
0: Yeah, much needed. Obviously, you don't want to go to three and four. Uh, I didn't think it was a must-win game, but getting there, getting there in a 17-game season. But Dearness Johnson, obviously the story of the night, 22 carries, 146 yards and a touchdown. Case Keenum filled in admirably for Baker, did exactly... With the Browns have paid him $12 million to do. Just be be ready just in case and be a professional when you get out there. Put him in position to win and don't turn it over. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, uh, let's case.
2: start right there. Um, yeah. Case is exactly who and what I thought he would be. Um, you know, this isn't really inside baseball talk. It's it's boring cliche. Stefanski would tell you, if you ever answered a question straight, he would tell you that – from meeting room to practice field to sideline to huddle to in-game adjustment, that they knew exactly what they'd get out of Case Keenum and he would he would handle the game. I mean, game manager is the cliche that's always used, but the process of the operation that is so important to the finite details, right? Um, that being said, Dearness Johnson was better than I thought. He was faster than I've ever seen him. The line did a wonderful job, as mentioned. I thought the play calls set him up. And, um, you know, he ran to daylight early w- with with some quickness. And in, and in the second half, he caught the Broncos over pursuing, and he clearly had enough left in the tank in that final drive. And I just think we'll, we'll get into the details here, but it says it all about the confidence in the operation, and specifically those two guys, Keenum and Johnson, Did they come out with five minutes left, Jason, three-point game. They throw a pass, they complete it, and the next two runs are not, you know, just take what you can get. They're gashing. They're into Browns Broncos territory. That, that, those didn't end it. That led to the Broncos, you know, running out of timeouts and the Browns bleeding out the clock. But right there showed a level of confidence, poise, and execution um, that the Browns needed to put this way.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but when they converted the third down, you know, who gets the stupid penalty and they back it up five yards. And they run it again. Dearness got the first down. They had to back it up, do it again, and he got it again. After they converted the second time, Petonio and Teller don't really show a whole lot of emotion. But it just – and we didn't get to talk to them after the game. But it just looked to me like they put it on them. Like they knew the injury situation on this offense. They knew the quarterbacks in there. You know, Jedrick Wills played, but he's obviously at less than 100%. Blake on the other side. So it was on the three in the middle, right? It's on Treader and it's on the two guards. And just the emotion – that batonio and treader i'm sorry batonio and and uh and teller let out just with the with the shouts and the pump fit the fist (laughs) pumps when they converted that it was like we did it like we put it on us tonight and we got them there and credit to the offensive line obviously the browns i mean there's teams in the nfl that haven't had one back go over 100 yards the browns have three yeah
2: it's it's pretty amazing right um I think they was 166 or 168 a game they were averaging. They're down their top two backs. They run for 182. I mean, you know, that's
0: that's unheard of in today's is.
2: NFL. It is 36:51 in time of possession. And again, there's no single set, stat that ever tells the story, but that says that your O line and your running game, uh, you know, got got it done. Nine of 15 on third down. I, I thought the defense was good all night I mean even the two the card the the Broncos got they earned every inch right Um, you know miles one and a half sacks all over the field getting held uh, all of that Um, you know if there were a bunch of blown assignments or guys disappointing and I'm interested to see because the, the snap counts and stuff because I did see Grant Delpit more than I saw Ronnie Harrison and of course the Denzel Ward injury puts a little damper on it but this is an offense that stinks, and you need to dominate it. You need to hold them to 14 points, right? You can't give them any big plays. And they had the 131-yarder down the Brown sideline in the first half. Well, they only had like 70 yards the whole first half. They get in the red zone once, they turn it over. or they, I don't even think they were in the red zone. They, they get inside Browns' territory once in the first half, and they turn it over. So, um, you know, just – all the clo- all the cliches applied coming in in terms of one game at a time and you got to have this one stop the bleeding all that but all the coaches cliches about situational football sound fundamental football do your job I thought the browns did it I-, I thought this was always i picked 20 to 17 and this week in Browns I always thought this was a low scoring grinder they win 17-14 and um the bleeding is stopped right and now you have a chance to to get back on a little run you have days to rest, which you need badly, and the Steelers coming in, and, um, you know, I, I still think that the Browns are are behind the top teams in the league by a noticeable margin, but that's okay, because it's still October, like, 22nd, right, and, and you're in, and um, you should really only get healthier from here, I mean, I just, I didn't think, I thought they'd really struggle to finish drives without Kareem Hunt, he's just so stinking talented, and and here I was wrong. I'm just looking now.
0: Case Keenum completed passes to ten different receivers as a backup quarterback. That's really impressive. Like I'm going down the list. Obviously, Jarvis's return tonight I think really helps settle the offense. He just mean it. Just it. He's he's the security blanket to everyone. It feels like, and just things feel settled when Jarvis is out there. When Jarvis is not out there it looks completely different. I understand this wasn't the normal offense and Chubb wasn't there and Hunt wasn't there and obviously Baker's out. And this isn't what you're used to seeing out of a Browns offense, but just knowing that 80's out there on the field, it just brings, to me, it feels like it brings a sense of calm to this offense. It was good to see him out there. Jarvis left momentarily uh, with the knee, came back in and said, you know, basically he's got 10 days now to get ready for Pittsburgh. Uh, and you would think hopefully that that he would be okay but just, just, I'm just, just really impressed when, you know, Case has bounced around so much. He's been here, there, and everywhere. He's been a backup more than he's been a starter. But to see what him and, and, and Dearness did, just to circle back on the two no-name, anonymous nobodies, to come in and deliver the type of performances they did. Case didn't even know he was starting until yesterday, and the complete passes to 10 different receivers uh, I think is really incredible.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm gonna stop the rah-rah shit for just one second, Jason, and I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna take exception with one thing you said off the top. You didn't All think right. you didn't think this was a must-win game. I think you're crazy. Uh and I think tonight pressure was on everybody, from Kevin Stefanski to Case Keenum to certainly John Johnson, right, down to the freaking Water Boys. I just do. I just think however it went, the Browns needed to find a way. Right. And I I think you felt that maybe I was looking for it when the Broncos came out of their temporary coma and scored to open the third quarter, but I think I felt that. I, I really did. Um, th- this game, had the Browns lost, would have been inexcusable, as inexcusable as Njoku's penalty there at the end, and they would have really been reeling. Um, but I, I just think the, to get The back, building
0: would have been on fire. Had they lost this, the building yes. absolutely would be <laughs> yes. on fire.
2: And so to win it, right, and, and we've, we've been over the box score, but your, your first – 15 play script was sublime right your backups came in and looked like starters your defense beleaguered didn't blow assignments didn't give up big plays made made a couple only was in position to make a couple but made them right and so so you're smiling you're happy everybody gets a couple days off to heal and um you know i i I just i i think that they needed to (laughs) and along the way right like we we hype up certain games than others and And certain games do mean more than others, right? And the final frontier for this Browns team is what they didn't do in Kansas City and what they didn't do against the Chargers, which is knock out good teams, beat good teams. And the Broncos are not a good team. The Broncos stink and the head coach is getting fired. But along the way, when it's a journey and all good teams have a journey, sometimes you just need to take what's presented there and you need to answer when when things aren't going well. And everything from the injury list to – What's up with the weather to just the vibes around the team weren't going well and they found a way to win.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
0: I'm muting myself and eating chips while you're talking, so feel free to talk as long as you want. <laughs> but the one thing that um, kind of stuck out to me, and Kevin said they took the ball to start the game because they were concerned about the wind in the second half and they wanted to make sure they were going the right way with the wind. So that's why um, they, they took. They ended up getting the ball first. but I t- and, and listen, it's easy to say this because it worked out and, and they mowed right down the field and scored. But I tend to think that in this in- instance – I don't mind that. I don't mind taking the ball first because first place to Jarvis. So right there, you're getting him involved and you're getting him going, and you're kind of telling Case, you know, we believe in you. I know you got us, and and let's go. And you know you're you know you're getting the ball first because the other team's going to defer nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten, and you you pretty much know where you're where you're going to start it from. So I think you can really script – tell me if I'm wrong, you can really script it better because you know you're, start, you're going first and 10 from the 25. So your first X number of plays you know are going to be from that spot where not necessarily you don't know that going into a game. And and maybe, maybe they didn't decide until 4 o'clock today that they were going to take the ball first. But it just felt like given everything you just said, about everything that was on the line, knowing how poorly this defense has played the last few games, and, yeah, they've had a ton of injuries on offense – but it just felt like the right night to say, you know what, we're gonna put, we're gonna get the ball first, we're gonna go down the field, we're gonna score, and we're gonna set the tempo.
2: Yeah, I I, I can't take exception with anything you say there, and and I'm not saying I don't believe Stefanski when he talked about the wind, because I I think they this team does game plan down to every detail like that, and last year they saw how weather can affect games in this stadium, but I think it was more we want the ball because we trust we're gonna score. And whether the fans needed that jolt or Case Keenum needed that jolt or the coaching staff needed that jolt, I I think they trusted that they were going to do that. Right. And and, and I, I think they wanted that confidence more than they wanted exact locations, but that script is, is a melding of so many things. It's what you're good at, where you feel the other team is vulnerable, where they show you tendencies where you want to you know, run left or pass right and come back the other way. And the good Browns teams, the good, the good Browns performances, I should say, the good Stefanski scripts, they all have had misdirection. They've all had different guys involved. And when I saw that middle screen, and not only does it get executed, but Hooper makes the first guy miss, and He's got a blocker in front as he cuts out to the outside, and it's taking him 10 seconds to get 11 yards. But, I mean, it's wide open, and guys are playing their asses off, getting down, trying to make that other block. It's like, yeah, this is exactly what they wanted. And and that that kind of set the tone for the whole night. Because what happened in the last three minutes? The Browns were plowing straight ahead. And I didn't think that Teddy Bridgewater was going to take the Broncos down had it been 20-14 to 14 and win 21-20, right? But the Browns O-line, after Njoku's penalty, I thought, oh, my gosh. But the Browns O-line and Dearness Johnson, I mean, three of those – I don't have it in front of me exactly how many runs he had there on that drive, six or eight, right? But three of them, I mean, he drugged the last guy for a yard and a half, two yards. And that's what he did. Right past the marker, no more fourth down call, no nothing. Um, I think Kevin said it himself after the game, nothing but trust in the fourth down that ends up being the defining play of the game in the third quarter. Trust the guys to do it, and we want seven. We want three. We don't want three. And he had it hasn't worked out, and he's heard the noise on that. He keeps saying he's not predisposed to going forward, that he does it in the right situation. He's lying, right? But, but I, I, do, I don't think he's lying when he says that more than anything else of all the factors that go into that call, it's trust. And Keenum, makes the re- Keenum says after the game, I missed the read, but I know what's open in the middle. He does it on the next play, easy toss to the fullback. Nobody in the Broncos side sees that coming. Touchdown and game, not over at that point, but damn close, over.
0: They convert the only fourth down they went for. They they're, they're do some. They're like you said. They've had so many fails on fourth down. If you're playing the odds percentages, they've they've got a lot of uh, a lot of aces coming up <laughs> on the turn here. If they if they keep going for it and uh and they and they had the field goal blocked one time. They 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 try to kick the field goal, the long field goal. They have it blocked.
2: So see, they should have just gone for it all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, you know the penalties, but but. To me, maybe I'm forgetting one, but I guess it's just the pace of the game. Like, there wasn't a backbreaker tonight. There wasn't a 30-yard pass interference, right? Najoku's could have been uh, at the end, and and I'll I'll keep harping on that. Stefanski will keep harping on that. Look, um, four and three, who knows what's up with your quarterback? Your receiving core is in dire straits because you got your guy back. (laughs) You got nothing else, right? (laughs) It's bad. Yeah, um, yeah. Peoples-Jones is headed for the MRI. Ward's headed for the MRI. So the vibes aren't all great, but, man, they're they're much better than they were 24 hours ago, certainly three days ago. Um, we don't know who's going to be back, and he wouldn't get into that. And, and frankly, you know, 10 days out, that's, that's probably right. But regardless of who's playing quarterback and whether Nick Chubb is back or not, and we think that he will be, we know Kareem Hunt is out at least two more games and, and probably longer than that. Um, 17 might beat the Steelers. It probably won't. We'll see. But you're gonna have a fresher D line. Um, you know you're you're going to have defense that might have to play without Denzel Ward, and, and that'll hurt. We'll see. But man, when you win these big games in this league, you get the right to play another one. <laughs> and all along on the schedule, right? We've been talking about this on these podcasts. How the bye week's not for so long. How these days, even without this 20 person injury list on Monday, these three days were gonna be big for the Browns because the first division game is next week. It ends the three game homestand, it precedes a two-game road trip. And it's one you gotta get because you all but ended the Steelers in their empty house last January. They put up a pathetic effort and the Browns went for the kill. You gotta kill them next week. And if you do, then you're five and three and, and the parade's back on, right? So um I know we're talking about this game and whatever and um, you know, you, you can't like that Peoples-Jones and Ward are, are headed for the MRIs. You can't like not knowing who your quarterback's going to be, regardless of your opinion on, on all of that, right? But but um, I, I think this was a much more, if you said to me, what does a Browns win look like? What does a Browns clean operation, Kevin Stefanski game plan, find a way to win when when you're not – Whole look like this is what it was and the results what matters
0: i would almost say that this feels like a an early bye week because they've got the win and a few extra days off but i don't know if you can say that with with people's jones and, and denzel ward headed for mri and
2: the steelers don't play this week either so
0: that's right that's yeah. right so it's really not at all yeah
2: yeah so yeah. it is i mean you have to worry about you right and you need along the way like, you need to have a real practice. Has Jarvis even had a real practice? No. He needs the time for his knee. He was always going to need that, even if he doesn't take that late shot. You know, did Odell have any business playing tonight? Well, we're not doctors, but I, we, we can answer that, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, j- just little things you want to look at, because now you're seven games in. So your opponent's tendencies, your tendencies – um, you know, a lot of these decisions, obviously you don't sit around in the meeting room on Monday and Tuesday and make the fourth down decisions, but you lay the stuff out, right? You you get a feel for how you want to go. You, you do the game script. You, you look at what the other team is good at. You, you get like, Stefanski kept saying, we made the decision we made early in Minnesota because we thought that was going to be more a 28, 27 game than a 14, seven game. Right. So you yep. get a feel for how you think it's going to go. And that dictates things. And, If the Browns can feel confident in utilizing both backs, especially if Chubb's a little short of 100%, that's a big deal. Um, You're not going to beat Mika Fitzpatrick and T.J. Watt dinking dunking all the way down the field. So you get some time to look at at what other teams have done to the Steelers and what you've done well, and and you get to set up some of those shots, right? And if that's getting Odell healthier, if that's getting good news on the MRI to get Peoples-Jones back, or it's getting deeper than that then you know you find that out over the last couple of days so um one of the one of my former bosses one time sent a not so kindly worded email that said the next one of you fuckers that writes it's a good time for a bye week is fired <laughs> Right? <laughs> but like Jason this is a really good time for the Browns to get three and a half days off and a, a enough time and comfort level to work on themselves a little bit before they dive into their normal game prep. No doubt about it.
1: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
0: Yeah, it feels like we need to talk about Baker. Um, yeah. I don't know how much of a conversation we can have about him. Obviously, the news came out. Jay Glazer said Baker told him he, he has a fracture in there as well as everything else that's going wrong with the, with the left shoulder. Um, I, I tell you, I, I think we need some time to process this and get some of the swelling out of that shoulder before we really have a better sense of what his future looks like. But the news seems to be getting worse with Baker, and I'm starting to wonder uh, just how much we'll see him the rest of the way.
2: Yeah, I think it's fair to wonder that here at 1 a.m. Friday when, when we don't know a lot of details, right? I mean, look how it's been handled. I'm fine. We're fine. Coach says he's fine. OC says he's fine. Then the Mayfield camp leaks partially torn labor, right? Then he takes another big shot, and Baker comes out and says himself, fully torn, right? And then he says to Jay Glazer, well, it's this bone, too. So all we can do is read that one way, right? And that's that he's really hurt. And we knew he was really hurt. And when you start hearing things about tears and whatever, then he's probably going to have to have surgery, right? Um, you know, I, I think they've stressed and some of the reporting – through it has said that he wants to play. We know that no one ever questions his toughness. Um, that, you know, he even went through some things in practice this week, basically saying, I want to be there. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think you could fairly guess right now that when the Browns get back to work, and force, I mean, Stephanie's gonna take like an hour off this weekend, but he'll be back to work tomorrow. Um, I think when the Steelers quality control coaches get to get to their office tomorrow. Um, I think they'll prepare for Case Kino. I think they will. And obviously they'll prepare for both. And and if Baker gets the clearance, then I, I don't think Stefanski would do anything to stop him. But I think again, right now, like you said, um I think we're in agreement, correct, that that we probably um I don't know if there's a it's probably maybe too strong. It maybe it's trending Right now, at this all too early moment, towards towards Case Keenum,
0: I yeah, I mean, I, I find the timing curious that Baker's coming out and telling Jay Glazer now that there's a, a fracture in there. I just I've, be, I've been doing this long enough and so have you, Zach, that there's always meaning behind everything that's leaked and, and why it's told and when it's told. And I I don't know, man. I think the contract always follow the money, and he didn't get it this summer, and you know that has to be weighing on him. And if he hasn't done enough, if he didn't do enough to prove to them before the season that he's earned a big contract, certainly the product that he's put out there to this point has not earned him a big contract. And how much is that going to weigh on him in the decision of should he have surgery now or should he have surgery later? Because that's a lot of money that's at stake. And you have to feel like he knows it's slipping away.
2: Are you trying to say that human nature is a part of this? Because I heard spreadsheets just kind of dictate how all this stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, human nature absolutely plays a part in <laughs> this. Of course, he knows he knows what's at stake. Everybody knows what's at stake this yeah. year, and and the season that he's had, right? Do, injury or not, it does not warrant the type of extension that they didn't give him last year. He's nothing has happened this year to change their mind off of the decision not to extend him that's right.
2: season. No, I, I and, and I think we all forget this, right? Like. Us talking about it, writing about it, you guys listening to it, reading it, rooting real hard or being a casual observer or being in it, right? Like, sometimes you just have a bad day. You have a bad play call. You don't have your guys. You have a bad day. And sometimes the future of the franchise looms over a shitty week or two, right? Sometimes when there's a million things that go on in these billion-dollar franchises – um, to get you to these games, to get the players to these games, to get these game plans put together, to keep guys upright and healthy and, and on right. And sometimes little things leak out and we all make a big deal of it. And sometimes a million things go wrong and a team goes and plays well and nobody ever hears it, you know? So, so I, yeah, um, I, I think you said it well there. I think everyone who has been critical of Baker's play, and that certainly includes us too, and anybody else who's actually watched the games can understand it's the injury, um, has been a part of it, can understand that the Browns as a whole from the operation, the O-line, the play calling, the receivers in and out of the lineup, specifically Jarvis, as you pointed out, have not been there. But the results haven't been there either. And, you know, teams are going to figure out Case Keenum, guys, because he is a pro's pro and a a master's degree in this offense, and he can't throw over six yards. So eventually for the Browns to make the playoffs (laughs) – they're going to need something more than that, right? But in the meantime, he's going to run those plays exactly how they're supposed to. He's going to get the ball out of his hand exactly when it's supposed to come out, eight and a half times out of ten, right? And and if the script's in the line and everything falls together, then the Browns are going to have a chance to move the ball. So, um, yeah, it, it, that being said, when Denzel Ward back in the MRI room, and Donovan Peoples-Jones back in the MRI room, and Odell Beckham giving you two plays again, right? And they were two big ones uh, because they jump-started the drive that it got you the points that, you know, the go ahead, the, the points that the other team didn't reach. Sorry it's late. I can't come up with the word right now. Like, those are big plays. But there are big-picture issues that hang over everything this team does, and that's what happens when you are a contender, and that's what happens when you have huge franchise-altering decisions awaiting, and that's what the Browns do. In Mayfield, in Denzel Ward, in Odell Beckham, in this defense, guys like John Johnson making plays, right? Like these are huge, huge decisions that affect the division, the playoff race, and the future of the Cleveland Browns. And it's not hyperbole to di- to say that, and it's not ridiculous to dissect every single one of them. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and I'm over here eating chips, so I'm not going to find whatever words you you can't find this late at night. But yeah. it does feel like we need to at least touch on the defense a little bit. Denver's awful. I don't know what what grand conclusions you can draw off of this, but other than the fact that finally the defense looked a little bit better
2: yeah, and, um, and did what like it needed to do to get out of here. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that uh, it was notable that I thought Delpa played a lot more than Harrison. I thought Greg Newsom um got picked on a little bit but he made a big play down here uh along the broncos sideline in the third quarter no in the fourth quarter yeah um mac wilson had a game andrew billings was in in the fourth quarter so we'll see how how these go uh you're gonna need everybody you got on defense and jok is a huge huge loss um these extra days are huge for Clowney's legs for malik jackson's legs for miles garrett's legs we'll see the status of, of denzel ward's latest injury but um Kudos to the, the Browns veteran defensive playmakers for making a few tonight when they need them. Thank you guys for listening. Be back at some point next week talking Browns Steelers, writing about it, all of that. So we appreciate you guys following along. Um, we, we know you want this team to succeed. You know, we know you've been waiting for this season. And tonight was a big, big step towards keeping things afloat. So thanks again and enjoy your long weekend. We sure shit will. Talk to you soon.